Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups what is up college baseball fans this is your host matt grissom joined by the other host of the show quentin mills what's up q a little bounce back day for you today but i i hear you still got some beef i guess going from two and four to one and one is progress uh it's not at the pace I'd like, but Florida Gulf Coast, uh, just give me a shout out, please. You owe me some some money. I'm going to hit you up via Venmo uh, to walk two in the 11th to lose the game on uh, two bases load of walks is just killer. Uh, good teams don't lose midweeks. Uh, I just that's a brutal loss. I mean, I should be two and oh, that's it is what it is. This college baseball this weekend owes me a win after that one. Well, you learn the hard way. I always tell people when they want to bet midweeks, it's usually just carnage for whatever reason. And it all depends on the weekend series they're coming off of, the weekend series that they're they're planning for ahead. And, man, sometimes you just get teams that lay an absolute egg like Vanderbilt yesterday. I think there were another few upsets. LSU lost yesterday in a midweek, right? Stanford, LSU, uh Vandy, uh, Tennessee lost. Now, I mean, Tennessee, I wouldn't say is an elite team anymore as of now, but they were still uh, heavily favored. I think minus 600 against Tennessee Tech and they at home and they lose that. So, yeah, what did uh, Bradley Porras say? Value's value. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any value on Tennessee anymore, man. No, I don't. I don't think so. I couldn't tell if he was clowning me or not when he said he had him at like minus one million, and then I'm sitting there thinking, like, all right, is this a jab or something? Because I called him out on one thing of the College World Series, and and here he comes, and then they lose the game, and I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> it's a bad I, look. I mean, maybe if Chase Dolander was starting, and then Burns and and Beam were going to come in as relievers, I don't know. But, yeah, Tennessee is in the doghouse. Uh, but on a positive note for you, let's pull up last weekend's series predictions. I think you beat me once again. Uh, we were both on the wrong side with Miami, North Carolina. Obviously, LSU took that series. Uh, but even that, the Wildcats, we'll, we'll get into later, but the Wildcats really impressed me. Uh, but even more impressive, I think, Wake Forest. Owning that series against Louisville, yeah, they dropped the last game, but they had, you know, they had the bats going. Carson Liggett, we've, we've bet on him before, and that was a, a pretty good game. Uh, Chanticleer's got it done. Old Dominion just, just didn't show up there in the last two games. And then Vanderbilt, South Carolina, that was another one that just really kind of surprised me. I thought South Carolina would, would win that last game, just couldn't do it. Arkansas, that was an easy sweep. And then Oregon shutting the door on Stanford. Here we talked up Stanford on, you know, that they were the elite Pac-12 team, if there is such a thing. Uh, but it may be Oregon State, the last one, who took the series over another suspiciously ranked uh, top 25 Pac-12 team. Let's just put it that way. And it just keeps coming. There's there's several other Pac-12 teams that have snuck in the top 25 this week that I just think are undeserving. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm kicking myself uh, in the butt. I, I had Oregon initially, and then mid-show I switched to Stanford. I should have went 7-1. and one, but remember that. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, you, you live and you move on. I'll take a 6-2. and two. It's five, two, and one. Listen, if, if I could put money on these pickums, I'd be in great shape right now. I mean, to hell with midweek games. I just need to do pickums, and I'd be be paying off mortgages. Um, there you go. But no, I agree with you. Before we get into that, there's a couple teams like USC. I thought you know was kind of fraudulent. I, I think Arizona State's fraudulent as well. I think once you get outside of the top twenty, you between twenty and thirty, like they're gonna consistently flip flop between those ten spots and. 
do they really have an, a, a chance at the College World Series? My, typically, no. I mean, you do have your anomalies, but for the most part, I don't think really many teams in that 20 to 30 are overly deserving of their spot. Um, unless maybe it's a team that battled some ruthless injuries and is kind of coming on late. Um, the one team I think that is kind of that anomaly is Oregon State. As, as I've said the last show, uh, you know, the College World Series runs through Corvallis uh, almost every year, it seems like. Uh, they had the back-to-back years, which was incredible for that place. They are a deserving team. I think they're finally getting stuff together. They had a huge class uh, go last year and they're, you know, they, they still have two solid pitchers. So I, I think they're, you know, real deal out of the pac 12. I think we're seeing Stanford, um, isn't as good as they are. And then I, I don't know, man, I, I the jury's still out for me on Oregon. I, I don't know how far of a run they can make. They're going to stay in the top 25 because of the week schedule. Uh, but I, I, I don't see them making it to college world series territory personally. Well, and shout out to us for – I think we had a, an awesome Saturday. We went 7-1 and one plus 6.28 units. So, pat ourselves on the back for that one. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I, I feel like we we finished the weekend up units for sure. But I didn't know how the, the week broke down or the weekend broke down individually. But all in all, I mean, live and learn – I'm just thrilled that we're getting to bet these regular season games. Like, like we've stated in the past, I just, I feel like books have always been hesitant to post consistently on college baseball lines. And here we are, you know, halfway through the season and we've had lines every week. Yeah. They've taken away run lines and and totals, but we're still getting to learn these teams by betting on them that the old adage of put your, Put your money where your heart is or your heart goes where your money is. Uh, this is helping me prepare for Omaha and the regionals, super regionals, all of that, just by betting these teams now. And that's something, you know, a few years ago that I wasn't able to do. You're basically just going into betting in the regionals, not really knowing how many, you know, all the pitchers' names and the best hitters and everything like that. So, you to add value with that by you know picking up a few units during the week and and on the weekends and more importantly getting prepared for that postseason yeah I, i've always told my wife and and people who ask me you know what what's kind of the draw to gambling i mean i do it responsibly i don't i like i joke i, I always say i have a mortgage play um i'm not ever going to bet my mortgage uh, it's it's just you know kind of a bit that i roll with on notebook wagering but uh when it comes to this, like I feel like when you put a dollar or ten dollars or a hundred, whatever you're comfortable with on a game, you instantly learn more about that team because you're you're focused on it, right? I think the attention span when you're not betting um, isn't necessarily there. You might graze over the score, but when you're actually putting money on something and you're and you know we always like to text back, we're sweating it. Uh, you know you're, you're invested, so I think it actually makes you more of an educated. Um, sports fan if you want to call it and as a gambler so i think you're actually helping yourself by putting a dollar even on the midweeks it might like you said it's carnage but i i think it's getting us ready for uh regional supers and college world series to really have an edge on the books um the only drawback is and i'll call them out like DraftKings and fanduel and and barstool i think every game that a top 25 team in should have a line i think it's crap like last night uh, I didn't even have a line for the Arkansas game. Now, granted, it probably would have been high, but you know, you try to figure out where these teams consistently are in the midweek on a handicap level and weekend and stuff. And when you don't have lines, it makes it a little difficult. Yeah, Arkansas had a run line on Saracen. It was minus four and a half, and it was juice <laughs> minus one fifty, and they didn't cover. If you watched it, uh, yeah. ALR always plays Arkansas close. I feel like, so yeah, that that was a stay away for me, but. Uh, I'll I'll give a shout out to myself. I'm two and zero on midweek games this week. With North somebody's got to keep the Texas show floating. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm here to pay the bills. Okay, uh, let's dive in. Speaking of the Razorbacks, we've got two Thursday series beginning this week in the top twenty-five, and lo and behold, it is Arkansas <laughs> and Florida not playing each other, but Arkansas travels to Athens to take on the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators go to Columbia to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. So let's talk about those two first. 
we've got Arkansas ranked number five. And I added a little bit to the series preview. I, I took away the XFIP because those that are into advanced analytics, Sierra is a little bit more accurate than XFIP. And then I've also added the RPI rankings for these teams. So do you like the Razorbacks to get the sweep? I think it's pretty obvious they're going to be a favorite. Uh, Saracen's already got a line out. Arkansas minus 165. I jumped all over it. I thought that was way too cheap. You're talking about Hunter Holland starting Thursday night. He's got, you know, six and one record, 281 ERA. Dude's probably our best pitcher outside of, of Hagen Smith, but he's our best starter at this point with Hagen and, and the role that he's in. So going back to the sweep question, do you like the Razorbacks to get the sweep in Athens? Man, it, I, I actually, because Florida just played Georgia, I, I'm going to say no. I think it's extremely hard to sweep. Uh, I think they're going to catch Thursday, maybe Friday. I, it's just Charlie Goldstein, what he did against Florida. I mean, he almost took them you know, to a no-hitter. Uh, it felt like they just couldn't really uh, – and Florida's got a potent offense just like Arkansas, and he, he really made those guys struggle. Uh, now, Florida did torch Jaden Woods and Liam Sullivan, so I don't think there's going to be an issue there. But if Goldstein comes out like he did against Florida, I think it could be a little tough. Um, I think Will McIntyre is a favorable matchup for Georgia in the sense of hitting. Am I surprised if they sweep? No. Uh, but if if I, if I you had to put money on whether they sweep or they take it two to one, I probably would lean two to one. This Georgia team's a little scrappy, especially now you're going to catch them at home. Uh, they just came off of uh, – you know, a bad series loss to Florida, two to one. Um, and then they they did handle business against Clemson to kind of right the ship last night. Uh, give me two to one, but I do love it. I'm definitely jumping. Um, and I may even lay into the 200 just kind of a, a bounce back get right bet uh, for Arkansas. You know, if you're you're moving the points there in the line from minus 165 up, I, I, I think I'm going to roll it with you. Yeah, I mean, I made it a minus like 195, minus 200. I feel like it, it's a pretty good mismatch here. And, you know, I'm really liking this whole Arkansas-Florida connection, and it, it's a good thing that we're not playing each other. But I feel like if if Florida plays them, then Arkansas plays them right after. I mean, we've got like the exact same SEC schedule. Yeah. Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn, Tennessee, Tennessee. Georgia. I mean, we're – we're just back and forth on, on these teams. So I'm getting a good look at them by betting on the Gators. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I feel like Georgia probably gets one. They've seemed to consistently get at least one in the sec, except for against Vanderbilt, obviously. But um, yeah, Georgia's, I don't know. Georgia's tough. It, the whole SEC is tough. I mean, who, who are we kidding? I don't think. I mean, yeah, it's hard to sweep in in any conference, let alone SEC. And hey, don't, but then, don't, yeah. But then again, you know, we just swept Tennessee, and I don't, I don't know how much merit you want to put into that. They did screw with their lineup, you know, throwing Andrew Lindsay. But I still, I mean, Arkansas was the better team every single inning. Yeah, that entire series. And I hadn't seen Arkansas play like that. And keep in mind, they did it without their best hitter, in my opinion, and Jared Wagner. I mean, dude's out now with a finger fracture. He had surgery on Monday. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. So, you know, we may get him back by the SEC tournament. Maybe not. But, you know, still doing it. I mean, the, the Razorbacks just continuously find ways to get guys on base and get runs. Yeah, I'm there. I'm glad I put the uh, the future on them. They're they're an unhealthy team right now, and they're still 30 and seven, 11 four in SEC, number five RPI, and number five in the country. I mean, to to have those injuries and still do what they do, uh, that there, there's one word that that speaks to Arkansas, and it's dangerous. Um, and and I think you have to um, until they lose a series. I think you you have to roll with him, especially with Hunter Allen every game one until he loses. It's kind of the the Paul Skeens bit. Um it'll it'll help when when Tiger comes back because then you get Hagen Smith in the uh in the lineup. So that'll bump out McIntyre Bybee. Probably Bybee if I had to assume. Um I'm sure yeah. McIntyre would would slide from game two to game three. But they're like I said, I mean they didn't have Wagner like 
you know, you start getting guys like Brady Slavens, Peyton Stovall going, and then you have Kendall Diggs and Jossenberger and, and Brofen, and then you add Wagner, you know, hopefully he can kind of bounce back in time for uh, a later postseason run. Uh, that that's a dangerous recipe. And, and this might be Van Horn's year um, because outside of, you know, we're starting to see LSU doesn't have anybody past the Friday. They're really struggling. Um, I, you look at the, it's a weak big 12. I don't see a run there. I don't see a pack 12 run. So this is the year Arkansas probably has, in my opinion, the best chance to win a college world series of the last five or six see, years. And it, it gives me so much confidence hearing you say it instead of me, but the, from what I've seen, it, it's almost like Ole Miss last year where they just kept finding ways to win. And it was it was always, yeah, they had their consistency in, in the bullpen and with the bats, but you know, it just I feel like every game somebody new stepped up and, and did something. And that's what I'm seeing in this Arkansas team. And we're not even fully healthy healthy yet. You know, we get Tiger back, we get Wagner back. That's going to improve us tremendously, and you know we're we're already doing really well. But that's enough about my team. Let's talk about the Gators. I've got a fly buzzing around me trying to get airtime right now. So if you just see me start swatting, that's what that is. For those of you that only listen to it in podcast form, you are missing out on a show. Let me. That is you. that. That's a fly on the wall sent by either D one baseball or eleven point seven. They want to. They want to catch the latest and greatest news on the gambling side of things. <laughs> well, I'll let you lead it off with the Gators. Tell me. Uh, tell me what you're thinking about the series. Ah, uh, this might be the series Florida loses. I think they're catching South Carolina um, at the wrong time. I think if they caught them a little earlier in the season, it things would maybe play out different. It, it's really hard to say. You know, Florida is going to lose a series, but I try to be the most objective fan, especially when when money's involved. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida wins the series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose it. It's just it's really a good matchup. I think Will Sanders and Brandon Sprode, I mean, to me, flip a coin and you pick either side. And, and I think it's a good bet, honestly. Um I would give Herson Waldrop the edge on Jack Mahoney. Waldrop is on another level right now. His first couple starts were a little shaky, but he was able to get wins. And then his last two starts were absolutely phenomenal. I think he's in the groove. I told you Hurston Waldrop has made for big moments like this in the SEC, and he's proving me to be right once again. Um, and I, I'll be honest, now granted I know it's against Georgia, but Jack Caglione pitched really well, and, and, and that was one of my, my, uh, my watch list things was does Sully give him the opportunity to kind of right the ship uh, before we get into some deep stuff with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And, and he, for the most part, righted the ship. He looked very well. His control was a lot better. So um, even though he's going up against Eli Jones projected, I don't know, man, it could be a little tighter than I'm thinking. I wouldn't, I'm never going to pick against my Gators, but I'll just say that I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina wins, uh, wins the series two to one at home. That's just a hard place to play. You know, it's going to be crowded. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's just part of playing in the SEC. You go on the road, expect it to be a sellout, and it, and usually expect it to be a top 25 matchup. But South Carolina came off what I thought was one of their worst performances as far as series-wide against Vanderbilt. And I don't know if they're kind of going to be hanging their heads a little bit with that or if they're – going to come out firing i the first game is probably just going to be a sit back and watch for me unless i feel like there's a good advantage on one side but i'm with you i think i really think herson waldrop could take game two for them and then saturday when game three rolls around it's just going to be a a prediction on how the series i feel like unfolds but i i would set the over under on uh Ethan Petrie and Jack Caglione home runs at like three and a half for the, the series. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome series. I mean, I South Carolina is a great team, but Florida is dangerous too. So this, I, I'm really looking forward to this series. I feel now, like I always say it week in and week out. There's always one and it ends up either making me look like an idiot or, you know, we nail it on the head, but 
uh, I think I think this may be one of the best series we have of of the SEC season. Yeah, one thing I totally missed it. And I don't know how because I was I was complaining about it. Is uh, Florida's missing their closer? Uh, he leads the SEC and saves with seven. Brandon Neely got tossed uh, for looking at Georgia's benches on Sunday and saying, "Come on." The NCAA uh, didn't allow an appeal, which is just bullshit. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's no other word to say uh, to get the point across. The the NCAA needs to fix that. Um, it's egregious. It's uncalled for. It's unfair. Um, I mean, you had, uh, was it Jared Jones for yeah. LSU? I mean, he's screaming F you, pussy F you. And all it is is a warning. And then this guy says, come on after making a huge out and he gets tossed in a four game suspension. I mean, they're, they're, we've yeah. got to fix that. Uh, there's got to be a review process and there's got to be a process to say, yes, this is warranted or no, let's take a look at this. It was an error uh, of judgment and, and we're going to play on. Um, that could mean the difference in this game. Like I said earlier, I mean, Florida's got a sophomore uh, in Philip Abner who's starting to pitch really well as of late, but you put a sophomore in a big series like that. I mean, he could, he could live it up or he could fold. So to not have Brandon Neely is going to be a huge thing for Florida. So diving into the Friday slate, we're going to go chronologically from the top 25. Uh, the 6 o'clock Eastern slate starts with High Point and Campbell. I would assume Campbell is going to sweep High Point considering they're like 13 and 24. Are we both in agreement there? Not much to cover. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say a sweep because they did lose one to Presbyterian, so – I mean, yeah, Campbell, Campbell can't afford to lose regular season or yeah, regular season conference games. I mean, they 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 should be head and shoulders above the the conference that they play in. Yeah, and, I mean, you can't you can't lose. I'll I'll say this: I assume I assume it's going to be a sweep, but I, I can't guarantee it because again, they've lost to Presbyterian and Longwood in consecutive weeks, and they should have mopped the floor with them. Uh, no issues. So uh, assumption of a sweep, yes. Guaranteed, no. Well, another team that we will talk about that we're just kind of done with, uh, Boston College is ranked number 20th. I'm not sure how, but they just got another midweek loss uh, to UConn. They got blown out. I think it was like 15 to 1. Line, 12 to 1. 15 to 1, I think. Uh, well, once again, Boston College lets us down. Um, granted, they they didn't win the series, but they won the Chris Flynn day. I'm not sure how. It took a lot of prayer and cursing out their, <laughs> their team by us sweating that out, but they come back and win. And that was one of those that we texted, and we were like, all right, don't don't say anything else. It's, it's not over till it's over, but uh, they go to Chapel Hill to take on number 18, North Carolina, who I just – I feel like neither of these teams are really deserving of being in the top 25, but here we are. Uh, North Carolina coming off a series loss against Miami. They didn't look very impressive. Uh, the only win they got was 9-8, and that was the Connor Bovair. No, they switched it up, didn't they? Connor Bovair pitched a different day than the, the game two. Yeah, so, Bovair pitched game three. <clears throat> So it's just kind of one of those things where everybody's screwing with lineups right now, trying to figure out which team is the hottest and and which team is is fading off. And I think it's safe to say that Boston College and North Carolina are both fading in the wrong direction right now. Yeah, I mean, this is an ugly matchup. Uh, I actually do think there might be some value as much as I bashed them last week against Miami because I thought Miami was on the ropes in North Carolina just – uh, they could have put their their knockout punch and ended Miami for the season. Um, if you were a Miami fan, I think that probably would have been the best move and then hopefully get Geno DeMar out of there. But he lives another weekend. Um, North Carolina, I again, I think there's some value here because I just think Boston College is that, that overrated. I, I think UNC at home again is going to do well. At some point, He's got to do uh, something. He's hitting hard line drives and Vance Honeycutt. He's got to break out of his uh, 
his bad streak of hitting. The guy's just too talented of a player. Same with Matt Horvath. Both of them are really struggling. Osuna's really struggling. I think this is a good um, a good opportunity for them to kind of tee off on Boston College. I mean, I'm not not overly impressed with Leak and West, and you know, I don't even know if I'm going to do the the Chris Flynn auto bet right now. Uh, he was giving up some hits. Now he was a victim of some costly errors by his defense in the uh, behind him. Uh, that's not on him. Um, I, I think this might be the time where Horvath, Honeycutt, and Osuna finally can break the streak at home and, and get those bats rolling. So they're they're actually as much as I hate UNC uh, betting wise. I think there might be some value on them. Yeah, sticking in the ACC, there is another matchup with number eight Virginia going to Notre Dame. I feel like Virginia is going to be a parlay play. Notre Dame's just not what they were last year with Link Jarrett. They're 20 and 15 on the year. Nothing really to write home about in this series, but being a Virginia boy, I'll let you talk about them if you want to. Uh, but if not, we can move on to Vanderbilt, Tennessee. I think it's pretty easy. I think uh, UVA is going to take the series. I think they, they were frustrated after what happened with Pitt. Um, I joked on Notebook Wager, and Pitt's one of those teams that could beat the number one team in the country and then lose to a high school prep team in the, the next week. You just don't know what, what pit you're going to see. UVA saw the pit that could beat anybody in the country. Uh, they did end the series on a high note with that that come-from-behind wins, and then they parlayed that into just an ass-whipping of uh, VCU. So, I, like you said, without Link Jarrett, uh, you know, Stifler, he doesn't have his guys in Notre Dame. Um, it's his first year. They're not horrid, uh, but they're not great either. I think UVA bounces back and uh, gets a series win here. All right, so moving back to the SEC, we've got number four, Vanderbilt, like we stated earlier, coming off that big win against South Carolina. They go to take on their uh, their crosstown rival. Not really. Knoxville's not that close to Nashville. But they, they go to take on the lowly Tennessee Volunteers who just can't seem – they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat right now. They, there were just so many errors. They, Yeah, tell me what's wrong with Tennessee. They're just broken. Um, I think they were too cocky last year. I think they're getting humbled this year. I think uh, them messing with the – Johnny V and I kind of were discussing, you know, Burns started last year game one uh, for most of the season. Um Dollander was game two and Beam was game three until and I'm drawing a blank until their uh, their star pitcher came back last year from injury. Um, uh, help me out. What's his name? I I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, their star pitcher came back, but to move Dollinger game one and Burns game two, I think maybe it might have messed up the rotation. I think their bench isn't that great this year. Uh, they lost. You know, Jordan Beck was a true leader for that team. He sparked them. Uh, he's not there this year. It hurts. Uh, I think. Uh, Vitalo's realizing um, there's more to baseball than just trying to act cocky and have a good fan base and just try to recruit the best players. You actually have to coach them. You know, you got that that's great stud shortstop from Kansas, but he's really not producing. I don't think he's being coached. Um, he's got the talent there. You're just not seeing it. On the other side, um, I do think Vanny gets the series win. They they kind of got humbled against Indiana State, uh, lost 10-2 to midweek. You just can't lose those games. Now they have to make that up with an extra win, in my opinion, in the SEC uh, to, to kind of wash out that ugly loss. The only thing that scares me with Vanderbilt is they're not the best hitting team. I mean, Bradfield Jr. is not a great hitter, incredible outfielder. You know, Shrek is hit or miss. Maldonado's hit or miss. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Parker Dolan's about like 270. He's not doing well. So, I mean, if Tennessee can kind of right the ship, they have an opportunity, they have the athleticism, they have the talent. Um, Vanderbilt's pitching, like Carter Holton should be bounce back. He had a rough start. I think he went two-thirds of an inning in his start. Uh, so he should yeah, – that, that's probably some value there uh, to look at is catching him on a bounce back. We've catched that on Brandon Sproat and a couple others. Uh, Paul Skeens, so look for that bounce back. Uh, Fucho and Hunter Owen um, also. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Because uh, I think Tennessee is scrappy enough to just scrap out one win, um, but at least Friday is is a Vanderbilt win, and then either Saturday or Sunday. At least at work. home, you would think that. I mean, that, yeah. these are two 
two teams that are on polar opposites. You've got one that's two and seven in their last nine SEC team uh, games, and the other one's seven and two. It's I mean, this just, this is this is Tennessee sad. season. This this yeah, just, this series right now is Tennessee season. If they lose this series, they're done. Yeah, I, I they may already be done. I mean, they, they're on life support right now. Oh, absolutely. But they've also faced, I mean, look at that. that Arca- at Arkansas, <laughs> at LSU in Florida. I mean, yeah. come on. It's and a gauntlet. Now, yeah, now they're Vanderbilt. Yeah. So you face the number one, five, three, and four team. I mean, that's that's tough, but that's SEC baseball. That's why we love it. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the College Baseball Insider's Twitter, I kind of clowned you and Johnny for pronouncing it's Dolander. I saw that. I saw Everybody that. Everybody wants to say Dolander, but it, it is Dolander. I confirm that. I'm Not bad. His mom, but, <laughs> but it is it is Dolander. If that's All the right. worst thing I've done in life, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, let that be the only mistake you make this week and, and hit a grand slam, okay? Hey, um, yeah, don't take Vandy. Uh, that was my mistake this week. <laughs> so number two, Wake Forest, they play against Pittsburgh. I didn't even make the card for this one. I feel like Wake Forest should get the sweep. Rhett Louder, Sean Sullivan, Josh Hartle. There's not a better pitching threesome, if we can say that word. That there's there's not a better pitching threesome in the country. I mean no. that that is just. It's unbelievable, and they're so much fun to watch offensively now that they've gotten everybody back healthy. I, I was, I was, I've said it, and I'll say it again. If you can still get Wake Forest 10-1 to 1 to win it all, I feel like that is your best bet right now. They are the most complete team, and they prove week in and week out why they are going to be a team to contend for College World Series going down the stretch. I, I would even take it as far as – and this is just mathematical. If you put a hundred dollars on it, if you catch them, I think they're seven, eight to one, or seven and a half to one. So it dropped again. I'll take I'll I'll take a seven hundred fifty dollar payout for a team that probably should be a three fifty or four to one in, in actuality. Like you said, there's no there's no pitching threesome better right now. Last week I said that they're probably going to lose a series. Uh, and then when I looked at their schedule, I, I thought Louisville had the best chance. They dominated Louisville. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose the series now. I mean, I just to see what they did to Louisville, and they were down um, a couple hitters. Cecil was out and Kurtz. So that just tells me that even without their their best hitters, like they can just go out and maul guys. Uh, I. I'm going to take Wake Forest. I was dumb for not even taking them game one last week. I'm taking them every game they play because I, I'm going to end up positive money. Well, and if you see Wake Forest less than like 200 on that opening game. You're stealing money. Hammer it, yeah. All right, so another team or another top 25 matchup. We've got the number 24 Southern Miss Golden Eagles at 22 and 13 taking on the Chanticleers. Of Coastal Carolina, number ten. You like Coastal Carolina. I mean, this, this yeah. is a team that you've made money on. Southern Miss. We've always talked about Coastal Carolina's got the offense to hang with anybody. Southern Miss is, you know, they're you. They used to be known for pitching. I'm not really sure outside of Tanner Hall what's happened this year. But who do you like in this? You you stick with the hottest batting team. I think you have to. They're at home. They won again tonight. I, I stayed off them because I thought Charleston may have been kind of a letdown spot, you know, looking ahead to Southern Miss. But they, the last I saw, it was 10 to four. They were just rolling. I mean, right now, can, is Coastal going to lose a game? Because I'll tell you, their Friday's, Friday's, well, he bounces between game one and game two. Uh, Morrison is looking kind of real deal. Um, and then they have this guy named Horn out of the bullpen. Darren Horn, who is absolutely incredible. He's one of the better uh, relievers, in my opinion, in college baseball. And then they have a great closer. I think his name's Carney. Um, he he throws electric stuff. He he wins games when he comes in. And for a team that can't pitch, I mean, I'm starting to see some really good pitching outings from them. 
And then, like you said, they can outswing anybody. I mean, they need to hit a home run. They'll hit two of them. You know, they need to hit two. They'll hit four. They just slug the ball. They don't, they don't worry about going down. They beat Wake Forest, you know, at home. Why can't they beat Southern Miss? Like you said, outside of Tanner Hall, um, when Southern Miss lost Hurston Waldrop last year to the transfer portal, I think that really hurt them. Their offense isn't that great, in my opinion. Um, if if we do get in a situation where it's a pitching mashup, I can't say that Southern Miss really has the uh, the advantage right now, but I will say if it's an offensive matchup, Coastal Carolina is going to win all day long. And to get this series at home is monumental um, for Coastal. I'm actually in Myrtle Beach, so I'm actually going to try to convince the wife. Uh, I might take the kid for a couple hours, tell her to go hang out at the beach, do whatever. Uh, and get in her good graces so I can slide over to to the Friday game. I think Aaron Fitz going to be there, so maybe if I could run into him, we could talk some shop. Yeah, you you need to send her to get like a Manny Petty, and you yeah. take the kid. That's going to get you yeah. in good graces a lot sooner. Um, all right, so I used Old Dominion last week as kind of a marker to handicap this one. Yes, Coastal Carolina won that series against Old Dominion against what I really thought would happen. But it was a good marker to see because Old Dominion just played Southern Miss. They took one out of three. And I feel like it's so evenly matched. Southern Miss is going to get one, and I feel like it's going to be Friday with Tanner Hall. So I really hope I can get a plus money price on Southern Miss. But if they lose that one, this is probably going to be a sweep for Coastal Carolina. So it just – it all depends on the pitching matchup. I'm, I'm anxious to see that number, though. But do you think Coastal Carolina sweeps them, or do you think they take two out of three? No, I, I think you're right. I think Tanner Hall can can get the game one matchup. Um, I think it really depends on when Morrison pitches. You know, like I said, he's pitched game ones before he's pitched game twos. I think the strategy, if I'm Coastal, is you throw him game two, you kind of write game one off, and if you get that, it's a steal, and then you go for the sweep. Uh, But I think you play smart. I think you go for the series win. I think you kind of let Tanner Hall do his thing on Friday, and you save your better pitcher for Saturday and really try to steal Saturday, Sunday, and and end the the, uh, trip, the uh, the homestand, you know, on a high. Um, So I would be interested to – before I make a bet, see who Coastal's throwing Friday. But uh, Tanner Hall is definitely who I'm eyeing Friday. Uh, the next matchup, I, I didn't make a card for this one either, but I want to touch on it real quick because it's Duke and Louisville. And I really like Jonathan Santucci for Duke. I'm curious to see that number. Don't just go auto bet. I'm not telling you. I'm telling everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Don't go auto bet Louisville just because they've got that rank number by by their name. Duke can they can hit the ball and they've got some good pitching. And I just I want to say keep an eye out for that one and and watch that number because Duke is playing at home. Louisville's coming off getting beat by Wake Forest. I just I feel like Duke Duke has an opportunity to to beat them in that series. Yeah, I think the only the only guy that I have more confidence in Louisville is Carson Leggett. So, uh, like you said, don't don't sl- sleep on Duke. I mean, they just went on the road against you know. Yeah, it was technically a top fifteen win um, against an overrated BC team, but they went into BC and beat them. So that was that was big for them. And now they get to come home and have some momentum to potentially knock off uh, you know another top ten team or top fifteen team. All right, so next up, going back to the SEC, we've got Texas A&M taking on number 13, Kentucky. Uh, I put out a poll that if LSU were to lose that game three to Kentucky, should we take them more seriously, basically? And although they didn't win, I was very impressed with the Wildcats, not just a basketball school, okay? They're the RPI number one team. 29 and seven on the year, which I'm pretty sure is, is LSU's record right now. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the cats. Are we, are we not putting enough confidence in this team as being legitimate or are they just skating by and, and they're, they've yet to be tested. I, I think they've been tested. I think they've proven that they're up to the test. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see how you can't roll Kentucky here at home. 
when I look at AM, I think AM's on the rise. Um, I think they were too highly ranked at the beginning of the season, hindsight being 2020. They did have some injuries, uh, but now they're starting to slowly come back offensively. Now, pitching wise, outside of Nate Detmer, they don't have anybody. And that's concerning because Kentucky threw what I thought was a pretty solid game, uh, all three games. Well, with, with the exception of game one uh, to LSU, I mean, they lost 16 to six, but that was just a frustration. Um, so throw that out. I thought game two and three were actually very well done by Kentucky. I thought both games could have went Kentucky's way at any point. Uh, I think they're real deal. Um, do I think that they're national titles contenders? No, I think that's probably another year or two down the road, but they're surely on the right track. Um, uh, and I have a lot of respect for Kentucky, um, to be 10 and five in the SEC, you know, 29 and seven at this point kudos to them. And, and I think they get the series uh, win here. Yeah. The, these two teams are probably the most difficult time I had trying to figure out what their projected starters are going to be. They have switched it up so much. Texas A&M outside of Nate Detmer, they don't start anybody the same. I feel like in the last few weeks and then Kentucky, like they threw Zach Lee the other night out of the bullpen and he's their typical Sunday starter. So the projected starters are, may not be accurate, but just watch those pitching matchups. We're going to try to post all of our plays once we know those, but it's so damn difficult when these teams don't post any information. Uh, so we're just going off you know, the information at hand and try to make the best decisions possible. Uh, let's talk about the LSU Tigers. Speaking of, coming off a series win against Kentucky, where they kind of showed me that they've got some holes. And I could punch holes in them some more in why they're not going to win it all. Outside of Paul Skeens, I don't think there's one guy in that rotation that you can hand the ball to and say, all right, we have to win or we go home. Go win. I mean, I, I've seen Thatcher Hurd get shelled. I've seen Ty Floyd get shelled. I've seen Christian Little get shelled. I mean, you like I said early on, you need two and a half guys, and they they have one. I may say one and a half because Paul Skeens is that good, but at the end of the day, he's only getting you one win. Yeah, I mean, we look at the, the last couple series, and they were struggling outside of game ones, and then when they lost – you know, skeins in game two, they, you could tell they were worried. Ty Floyd, Christian Little, Thatcher Hurd, when they get hit early, you can tell they get rocked and uh, they don't bounce back. Like they're not, um, they're not a Hunter Holland or a Brandon Sproat that can shake it off, you know, after giving three earned runs in one inning and then go out and kind of shut it down. They continue to give up more runs and they get in their head. And like you said, they don't have anybody, uh, even in the bullpen, their bullpen got rocked by Kentucky. Uh, yeah. And they were, and you could tell they were visibly shaken up and, and I don't know if confused was the word. I mean, they were definitely rattled. Uh, offense can only take you so far, especially in the game of baseball. I mean, pitching wins championships. If you don't have, you know, two, two, possibly three elite starters and then a couple guys out of the bullpen and then like a shutdown closer, you're not going to win. Um many college world series, if any. And right now, I think, like you said, outside of Paul Skeens, they don't have those. So that leads me to believe like, if you have an LSU futures ticket, I, I, I'm going to say this, like, thanks for your donation to the, uh, to the Vegas sports books, because right now I just don't see how it's cashing. I mean, when you go to Omaha, those 16 to six games, they don't happen out there like that. That's just not the kind of game that's played out there. Um, and if you don't have the pitching to, to win a tight 4-2 or 3-2 game out there, you're not going to go far, and you might not even make it to that point. So I, I don't see LSU making it uh, to the College World Series and winning it by any means. Well, and you I mean, they might make that. it, but. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like I feel like they're either going to get beat in the Super Regional or they're going to make it to the National Championship game. I like it's one or the other the teams that are typically the favorite or the shortest shot at the beginning of the season arkansas tennessee you've seen it in the last few years they they get beat in the super regional 
So we'll see. It's all going to depend on how it lines up. But you made a good point in <clears throat> how, and I'm going to talk about the Razorbacks again. Dave Van Horn made it a point against UALR. He said that he wanted us to hit where they are not. And it was it was only directional hitting on the ground. We're trying to shoot the gaps. I feel like he is trying to prepare this team for what it's going to be like to play in Hoover and to play at TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab, whatever it is now. Because the teams like LSU and, granted, South Carolina, the, the big home run teams that are dependent on that, they go they, – they change the venue, and all of a sudden they can't do that. And so it's, it's very important to be able to hit oppo and to hit gaps. And it, it, I just – I feel like LSU, they're too – too expensive of a price to pay, and they were at the beginning of the season. They still are for a team that just has so many question marks surrounding them. Now, that being said, they're probably going to sweep Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not good. They played for probably what was the bottom of the SEC West against Mississippi State last weekend, and they lost. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm not buying Ole Miss to win one game. Are you? No, I think they get past this, but I don't think this is a, a test for them. I don't like, I don't, this really means nothing to LSU, in my opinion. You know, at least sweeping, it hurts if you lose the series more than it does win in the series. Um, just one fact the number one overall team hasn't won a national title since 1999. So just keep that in mind when you're, you're looking at futures for LSU. But uh, yeah, I, I fully project a, a sweep here. And last but not least, as far as the series preview cards go, I did this and immediately hated myself because I hate the Pac-12. And you've got twenty-one, number 21, Oregon State, who finally cracked the top 25 against number 19, Arizona State. Honestly, outside of the Grand Canyon-Arizona State game that I was going to go to until it got rained out in Scottsdale, I, I haven't seen, paid attention to Arizona State at all. I don't feel confident that they can win even at home. Like Oregon State's playing pretty good baseball right now, and I, I would have to lean Oregon State to win this. But I think in the pick em, I I did pick Arizona State and immediately regretted it as I saw that they were playing tonight and were losing. Uh, they were getting beat against Arizona, which I thought was also odd that in the midweek you've got one random uh, Pac-12 team or Pac-12 game. Yeah, Arizona is beating Arizona State 18 to nothing. Oh. In sixth <laughs> inning. Yeah. Oh, so man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. <laughs> I'm, I'm changing to Oregon State. Arizona State is not a good team. All right, so I'm going to change theirs. I'm kidding. I'm not changing, but I made a switch last week, and it cost me. So um, I, I think you're making the right change here. I think Oregon State is just too good. I look at Jacob Kamat's record, the two and four. I don't think that tells how good of a pitcher he is, to be honest. I think he's a lot better than his record shows, and I think he had some losses early on that that really didn't affect him. Um, I'm taking him and Sellers and Lattery all day long over Arizona State. I don't know much about Arizona State. That's probably because they're not high-flying. They're not um, They're not elite. And even though it's a West Coast team, like I know Oregon State. I know UCLA. I know these schools, right? Arizona State's not popping up on my feed. They're not in D1 baseball. They're not on Twitter. They're just average, right? And they're right there. I mean, yeah, they're 25 and 10. They played a weak Pac-12 schedule. Oregon State is playing some of the best ball right now of anybody in the country. So I'm going to roll them at least Friday and uh, probably Saturday as well. Yeah, I think – I don't know what I was thinking, honestly, with that. But maybe because I was in Arizona, I just felt like, all right, sure, the Pac-12 is a crapshoot. Let's, let's go. Let's go ahead and pick on this <laughs> team. But yeah, immediate regret. So I'm – updating that now so I can post an accurate series prediction. <laughs> uh, all right. So once I get Matt, you can't, you can't, if I sweep you in these pickums, like there's gotta be some prize at the end of this. This is, 
you got to make it a little no. competitive. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, at this point, you name it. What do you want? Do you want like a steak dinner? Do you want a ticket to the World Series? What? What is We're gonna it going to cost me? We'll, we'll have to figure it out. I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully uh, it's no walk in the park. I like a little competition, but I need you to step your game up this week. Well, if if we keep picking on the same side, I'm, I'm not going to have an opportunity to. <laughs> That's true. Uh, is there anything else on the board that has caught your eye that you want to touch on? Anything you like, don't like, gripes about a team? No, I think I've gotten my gripes out on Twitter last weekend. It's listen. I mean, we're putting 57, 59%. We're not going to win all the games. Um, sometimes I do the reverse jinx, you know, it's baseball's hard. I mean, nobody saw the big 12 sucking so bad this year. They're, they're typically powerhouses. So, you know, I, you're, you're doing a little better right now than I am. I, I had, you know, the first weekend I did a lot better than you. Like we're going to have our ebbs and flows and just kind of ride with us. I mean, uh, we're both up units. I think you're up 11 now and I'm, you know, up 11. So I take that any day, uh, roll with us. We're, we're going to have a good showing. I mean, we're like you said earlier in the show, we're prepping for when it really counts and that's regionals, super regionals in, in Omaha. So just bear with us, you know. Uh, these it's tough when you don't have the pitching matchups up until ten minutes before game time. It's, it's tough capping 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and uh, especially midweek. So just bear with us, but uh, we're going to stay positive in the units and and win people money. Absolutely, and I did post a series predictions. If you're looking at it, we're only opposite on one, so there, there's my opportunity to to gain some ground on you. But also something I'm pretty proud of, uh, thanks to Q's buddy helping us with this. We've got our bet tracker up and going. Q's got some work to do as far as backlogging all of his picks, just so they're all recorded. But similar to what I was doing on mattgrissom.com, logging all of my picks, we've got a nice little spreadsheet, too, that we'll post out. And you can follow all of our picks there as well as keep in touch with us on collegebaseballinsiders.com or following us at CBSB Insiders on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, pretty much anything and everything that you are uh, that you can find us on, we're on. But uh, with that being said, Q, let them know where they can find you. You find me at Q Millie. That is uh, with three L's and two Y's. Uh, and then at CBSB Insiders. So I'm always tweeting from something. Uh, follow my guy Smitty at Notebook Wager, and he also does college baseball. We'll have to bring him on for an episode. He's a good dude, funny to to talk with. Uh, but between us and uh, and him, you know, we're throwing some good baseball out. So you can find us there. And then obviously you at Grissom Tweets. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that concludes episode five of week 10. I'm going to go kill this fly. Y'all cash some <laughs> tickets this weekend. Stay tuned. Q is a lot better than me about posting out plays immediately. I try to wait and, and wait till the last minute to get the pitching rotations. But, man, he just fires away. So make sure you are following him as well as the show. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.